Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Don't forget, guys, go to Monkey Night Fight, get started today, $5 free play on us. Use the code NGF, play NBA playoffs right now, PGA, MMA. A lot of props there on Monkey Night Fight, so Go use the code NJF, monkeyknifefight.com, uh, code NJF. Oscar Lopez here going solo until the second hour when we're going to have the Oracle of Women's Tackle Football, and that's uh, the backseat coach, a.k.a. Mark Simone, coming in the house. We're going to break down everything that happened in the sport in terms of the U.S. scene, WNFC, uh, WFA. We're also going to dive into a couple uh, overseas leagues uh, as um, some of the leagues have kicked off in the U.K., the NWFL including uh, some of the leagues in Mexico that are kind of finishing up, and some of them started in the middle already. So a lot of action to cover, including Canada, WWCFL, Maritime. Uh, We're going to be covering that in the next couple weeks. So focused on that as you come in every Tuesday. We're going to be talking everything that's happening in sport, second hour devoted to women's American football, everything that's happening. So uh, a great job by Mark Simone, myself, and everybody else that contributes in the second hour. Uh, do our best and, and diligent, and thank you to our network partners who support us, uh, send us links, news, and everything that's happening in the sport globally to keep you up to date. So when you, the place to be is right here Tuesdays, and if you want to go to uh, the hub before you come in on Tuesday, it is a facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. That is the best network on the planet that exists, and it covers the sport exclusively. We've built over almost 12 years now, so check it out, uh, 20K Strong. Every month, we got about 20,000 uh, 20, subscribers now. So thank you to everybody that comes in, is liking our page, following our page, and sharing all our articles there. So uh, check it out right there as well at The Hub. Uh, a lot of things happening at The Hub. So we're going to go over a couple of things because it's very important. Um, a couple of things overseas as well. Uh, we're going to be talking Team Canada, Team Finland, Team Germany. Uh, the uh, Gridiron Australia already announced their team for the IFAB World Championship. Uh, a couple articles there, uh, including uh, Mo Etchen from the Nevada Storm. Also had some highlights from the British Alliance of the UNWFL. Uh, what, a, what a clash in New, uh, New York. Nailbiter, New York against Baltimore. So we've got some highlights there in terms of still photos right there of the 14-13 clash of the D2. That was a game that we were all looking forward to coming in here. We talked to um, quarterback Daniel Ayala, here the last couple of podcasts, so you can go back and replay that. Uh, but she was really excited in this big test for New York. New York are really 4-0 right now. They're going to finish strong. Massey has them on a really high rating. So uh, New York Wolves, the return of the New York Wolves after an absence there, looking really good. 5-0 and New York Wolves now, so they're just on a bye, and then they finish up against Tri-State Warriors, so very, very awesome. Also, uh, uh, X-League news will come up here. We're going to have two guests in this uh, first hour, and that's the owners of the new franchise of the WNFC, and that is uh, Rachel Ortiz-Marsh and Tessa Ortiz-Marsh. They're going to be talking everything about Tennessee Trojans, their expectations, um, 
community, the fan base, uh, obviously being on fire, uh, being the only team in, in, in that sense in Tennessee. So we're going to break down their vision, their, their state for their team uh, in a couple minutes here as we dive into the Tennessee Trojans of the WNFC. We're also going to be talking to the phenom, the talented Sam Gordon in about 40 minutes as she is now uh, partnering with UA Football Clinics, plus the big bombshell announcement this week, X-League partnership with her as ownership as well. And where, where will this, this take the X-League 2022? Also, X-League, if you're at the hub, uh, thanks to Sarah uh, Alexander Negrete, uh, she was sporting the new unis for X-League 2022. Pretty awesome unis there. Kind of different than the LFL from the past uh, in terms of the um, uniform. So now it's going to be a little bit more hockey helmet, still the same, but you're also going to have more of a padded uh, upper body, more protection, full padded basically in that sense. And then you're going to have uh, basically uh, shorts on the bottom with the sleeves and everything else that's traditional to their uh, makeup. So we're going to talk to Sam about that endeavor, that uh, venture, and figure out how that's going to evolve and kind of change, obviously, the X League, how it's going to change women's tackle football in terms of a landscape. Uh, being the X-League is one of the premier uh, leagues in terms of visibility. So kind of excited to talk to Sam about all this stuff that's uh, happening now in a kind of whirlwind in a way. So we'll talk to the Phenom in about 45 minutes as she comes in here and kind of give us the lowdown on everything that's happening. Uh, we're going to dive into the WFA rundown right now because a lot of games happen in WFA, and it's important that we dive into it now, getting, uh, get started. We're going to start in pro at this point before we bring in our guests, uh, Rachel uh, Ortiz-March and Tessa Ortiz. Ortiz March to talk about the Tennessee Trojans, but let's let's dive in here right now. Um, the pro division, what an exciting week five! Minnesota off the rebound, they do rebound off that loss from Nevada last week. So 42-26, Arlington, right there, a very good contested game by Arlington as well. Um, Aaron Kelly and company really uh, rebounded from that loss in Nevada on the road. And now they take, they take care of business here, try to stay in contention for the playoffs. Arlington really on a high as well. They come in here, they uh, more of an equal matchup for them in terms of competition. So they, they get taken down, unfortunately, but they're still in that uh, relevant state. Of course, they've had a good season so far. Now it's eye to eye, Minnesota, Arlington. So this is kind of a rivalry game. We saw that last year. Well, how they also played out in that, in that kind of scenario. So, um, you know, Aaron Kelly and company rebound, try to get make a, you know, a, the, the Minnesota Vixen uh, relevant once again. So uh, coming off that Nevada loss. Detroit, right off the bat, we thought Columbus would put up a bigger fight, but 21-6, to six, it was a tough battle. Um, and you can see some of the uh, impact that was, uh, was there. But uh, Tullis and company, they, they, get, they take care of business, uh, pretty much 167 yards on 20 carries, um, and they take care of business there. So the Venom do, re, uh, do get their win here. Uh, the biggest surprise is Dallas falling 27-7 to over um, uh, versus OKC Lady Force. OKC 4-0 in Division Three. nothing to, you know, just coming in here proving themselves. Dallas has struggled in pro and, and also against other competitions. So, uh, you know, this is not good. Uh, the only pro team to lose this week, and they lost by big margin, 27-7. to We have Cali War and Nevada out in the West Coast, and this game was not streamed. So I got beef, and you'll, we'll talk about it in the second hour, why this game was not, was not streamed. So that's kind of a failure on the WFA, kind of a failure on Cali War, uh, 
to not stream this game. This is a vital game. We've been talking about this matchup since the beginning of the season. There should have been at least a Facebook Live of some sort, something to give us that. It was a nail-biter, 54-52. This was basically Mo Etchen, Chantel uh, Nino Wiggins, and the, the rest of the cast here in terms of Cali War. Um, they just putting up a show. It was really neck and neck all game. Came down to the almost the fourth quarter, the last, I think, minute 40 from what I gathered from a couple fans in the stands. So a, a game that we should have had seen live it was a nail-biter of all games, and we could have seen two amazing quarterbacks at work, especially Chantel uh, Nino Wiggins, an amazing athlete herself, and she's proven herself over time. We don't talk enough about uh, Chantel uh, Nino Wiggins in terms of a national scope because we're always diving into Cahill and diving into Kanye Yaldi and all the other, uh, you know, great quarterbacks in the WFA Pro. But, you know, we got we to gotta just uh, hats off to Chantel Wiggins coming back. Uh, I think she was off the last couple of weeks, and now she came in. Big-time game, over 500 yards, 23 completions, uh, 71.9 on the percentage, uh, averaging about 23 yards, eight touchdowns, eight touchdowns. So uh, what an amazing showing by uh, uh, Chantel and Nino Wiggins, and a shame that we did not have coverage for that game. Shame that the WFA did not stream that game. So we got to do better. If we want to spotlight some of the most talented quarterbacks in our game, we have to do better. This is a crucial matchup. This is now a rivalry game. If the WFA leadership doesn't see this as a rivalry game, and you don't want to, uh, you don't want to stream two of those games, which is a vital part. I think Nevada. I uh, was told they will stream the next game against Cali War. So if you're Cali War, you know you got to make every effort. When you you got competition like this, you're in pro, and this is your pro competitor, you've got to be able to stream it. There's just no excuses for that. We have no excuses anymore. There's a, a lot of available things that could be done. Facebook Live, you could have outsourced it, whatever you needed to do, but let's get it done. This is this was the shame that we did not get to see this game at the highest level. This was a nail-biter. This was a high-scoring affair. We needed to see it. And then we had Boston, uh, courtesy of Revere TV, which was the FTF game of the week, 46 to eight, uh, it was Boston Pittsburgh. Uh, what a great matchup there it was early on, and then uh, second half Boston kind of runs away with it. Uh, Mata and company, Kusinen, uh, Cahill, you know, just it's just a, a little bit more than what Pittsburgh could have. But you know, shout out to uh, the Pittsburgh Passion. They put up a great fight uh, for the first couple quarters there, and then all of a sudden here we are. But uh, they're still on a good on good track as well. This is a this is the benchmark for them to gauge themselves. So that was a great matchup there. Tampa Bay Inferno, we talked about how they will fare. This was the element as well. So the Divas did not fare well in terms of the rain, in terms of the sogginess, and they did not fare well in terms of, you know, beating the Inferno. The Inferno did play their game, obviously ground game as well. And, uh, you know, D.C. tried to air out the ball, but, you know, it's just the elements, wet balls, everything else dropping. So it's a, you know, crucial loss by D.C. Don't know how that will affect them in terms of the Masseys but we'll figure that out in in terms of how that's going to go. So if we go to uh, WFA uh, D2, we can just uh, break it down here and then just get it done here. Um, Let's break it down here, D2. And this is going to be week five that we talked about. So let me just get pull it up here for a second. Let's talk about that aspect of it. So D2, uh, Austin, Houston, what a a very close matchup there, 16-12. Um, fortunately, we have sad news that was reported during this week that we had one of the Houston Power players um, that passed away um, this this week. 
uh, Kiara, I think is uh, her name. Uh, let me get yeah, Kiara McWeather. So you know, shout out and uh, our condolences to the Houston Power uh, team, to the family, the the Mayweather family as well on the loss of Kiara, um, uh, one of the big time players for the Houston Power. Um, so you know, condolences and um, prayers to the families there uh, in terms of we never want to lose anybody in in that aspect of it. So um, I don't know the details. Uh, none of the details were disclosed except for what the WFA posted and what the Houston Power posted. So we're looking uh, – obviously there's uh, things that are happening there with Houston Power. Uh, the loss did not hinder them from playing competitive football. So, you know, shout out to them. 16 to 12, Outlaws take care of business. Uh, New York, just on, a, just on a tear. We thought that New York would be slowed down by Baltimore. And we talked to Danielle Ayala in a couple podcasts ago, and she basically said, hey, we're, we're ready. This is our big test. And no, no joke. This was a no-joke game, uh, 14 to 13. I believe it's double overtime, and uh, Baltimore came to play. New York edges gets just the barely the win there, and uh, what a competitive matchup. 14 13, uh, New York Wolves edge, and you get some of the highlights right there at the hub at facebookcom beauties. Uh, Detroit Venom against the Chaos, 21 to six. We mentioned that earlier. Nebraska 14 to 12 against Tulsa. What a battle there. Even our own uh, Mackenzie Brooks killing it on sacks and just aggressiveness there. So uh, shout-out to both teams for playing hard-nosed football right there. 14-12, uh, to 12, Tulsa, Nebraska, Valkyries. What, what a game there. Seattle, 33. Uh, Portland, 22, Battle of the Northwest. What a, what a shootout right there. 33-22, both teams uh, on, on a high there. Seattle's rebound from last season, very impressive. Portland's still the same as they've always been. Uh, so that was just a great win by Seattle. Take down. And we haven't talked enough about Maha Blaze. They're like oh, undefeated, by the way. Uh, 65 to 0 against Sun City Stealth. So they put up uh, uh, just a flame of, of, of points out there. So uh, Maha is really on a high here. Just an incredible, uh, incredible passing by Kimberly Sestatevin uh, right there as well. So awesome job by the Maha Blaze, keeping it going. Um, and just doing their thing, and they're undefeated right now in, in, the, uh, in the D2 realm of things. So, and if we go to D3, we're going to be talking about D3 more primarily here in a couple minutes uh, in terms of the next second hour. And then as we go into the next couple weeks, week seven, week eight, uh, we're going to be talking primarily basically uh, D3 in a, lot of, in a lot of scopes because this is where the Masseys breaks everything down for us, and this is where we see the cream of the crop rise in terms of the Division three level. And then that's when it starts to separate themselves in this sense. Um, so that's, that's what we want to kind of just break into. And, and so we talked about OKC, a uh, really big, big win against Dallas Elite. Uh, we haven't talked about the Zydeco, 62-14 to 14 against Gulf Coast Monarchy. We also uh, haven't talked about Mississippi, uh, Music City taking on Carolina, Carolina 25-26. That was a nail-biter as well. Both teams on a, on a good trajectory, 3-1, and one, I believe, and 4-0 and oh on the other. Uh, Orlando, we haven't talked about, and they're they're having a great season, 48 to zero. And then you also, like I said, Mile High Blaze against Sun City. They're they, they're taking care of business. And then uh, the Virginia Lady Fire uh, Fire Firehawks are also undefeated, and they get a forfeit uh, from South Carolina Dames. So uh, you know, just a, a lot of cool W uh, D3 to dive into in the next couple weeks as we kind of go into the D3 phase of the Masseys as to who's going to make the playoffs and who's not. So uh, we're going to shout out to Charmaine Alfred of the Spice, uh, Blair Slaughter of the Spice, uh, Justin McSwain of Lady, the Lady Force, um, big top you know offensive players there. 
Uh, you got rushing yards. We talked to Washana Brooks uh, early in the season as to whether she was going to play or not, and she did. She decided she was going to play for uh, the Regulators. Uh, also, you know, shout out to Shawnee Valier, uh, Chanel Lynette, uh, Jessica Reese out there for the Spice as well. Uh, just a, a awesome killing it. Desiree Jeffries for the Lady Force out there. Can't forget Jordan Lavender and Taylor Wood for the Anarchy. Uh, so just a lot of ballers out there right now in D3. And we're going to, like I said, be focusing in D3 in the next couple of weeks as we get down to closer to the playoffs. A lot of the teams are going to be separated, including Grand Rapids that we haven't talked about as well. So a lot to dive into in the next couple of weeks as we'll break it down even further in D3. So that's the breakdown for week five in terms of the Women's Football Alliance. We'll break down the WNFC in the second hour as well as preview week six for the WFA in terms of the matchups and key games as well. So we're going to go into the huddle, and we're going to be talking to the, the talented owners of the new franchise of the WNFC, and that is the Tennessee Trojans. That is Rachel Ortiz Marsh and Tessa Ortiz Marsh. Right here in a second. is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, guys, don't forget to go to Monkey Night Fight, NBA playoffs right now, uh, MMA, PGA, a lot of props to play there. We get a $5 free play. If you get any of those more or less correct, you're obviously going to make $15 on us. So uh, check it out, $5 free play, code NJFMonkeyNightFight.com. All right, let's bring in the Tennessee Trojans and the owners of the Tennessee Trojans, uh, Rachel Ortiz-March and Tessa Ortiz-March. How are you doing, ladies? Are you guys on? Can you guys hear me? See if they're on here. Let's see if I can reset it here for a second. See if they're on. Here we go. All right. Uh, Rachel, Tessa, you guys on? Let me see here. All right. All right, um, I have to see, see if they're calling in at this point with that number. Give me one second here. Let me just uh, tidy up here. All right, um, let's see here. Uh, let's see, I see them on the board. All right. Come in for a second here. Um, normally, we they dial in and we're good to go, but sometimes we get technical technical things to go on here. We'll see how they do it. Let me see if they're on again. Uh, Rachel and Tessa, are you guys on? Can you guys hear me? Let's see here. So they can't hear me right now, so I'm going to just try to figure this out here. Uh, Let's see here. See if it goes on. All right, let's do this. Can you guys hear me now? All right, let's see if it let's see if this will work. Can you hear me now? Can you guys hear me now? Tessa, uh, Rachel, you guys hear me? Hey, Oscar. I can hear you guys. Can you hear us? 
Okay, awesome. Great. Perfect. Uh, I don't know if it was our end or on your end, but uh, hopefully everything's clear now. Yeah, thanks for your patience. We we could hear you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know what happened there. Just it's weird. All right, um, let's let's uh, dive into this whole uh, ownership thing uh, because it it happens uh, a lot in terms of the women's football. We want to start a team and then things don't go as well. But you know what? You guys you guys uh, decided to take this leap of faith, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't look at it as a leap of faith. I, I look at it as women's football is an amazing sport. It's growing. Um, the WNFC is an amazing league. And so to us, it's it's a smart decision. How did it all start about, uh, Rachel? Because I know you, you sent me some stuff on your bio about 2017, and now you guys got serious about the ownership here. So uh, how did uh, Odessa sell you guys on uh, Oreos and cookies, or what's going on? <laughs> Well, you know, I was introduced to women's football in 2017, and to be honest with you, from the moment I saw it, I was like, where has it been all my life? You know, um, had not been introduced to it prior to, but uh, had the chance to to go out and see it live and in person uh, and was hooked from that point on. Went from uh, fan in the stand, as I always say, uh, transitioned to uh, GM with our local team uh, to co-ownership, and when the WNFC launched, I kept a very close eye on it. Um, I have a graduate degree in leadership and development and just keeping a pulse on what was happening as the, the WNFC grew uh, as far as their business model, uh, level of play, things of that nature. Um, and when I saw an opportunity to bring a team to Nashville, um, they didn't have to sell me. It sold itself. We went to championship weekend you know, mm-hmm. experience the level of play out on the field, uh, the awesome environment, and everyone there was very welcoming, very, you know, um, nothing but positive things all the way around. And, you know, if anything else, we had to sell them on us, you know. Um, so I think that I'm thankful for the opportunity to bring a franchise to Nashville, and I'm ready to get started in 2023. Now, you guys know uh, recruitment's kind of tough because we've got so many teams in both leagues, uh, and a lot of times they overlap in certain areas. But I think, you know, with the, the WNFC in a lot of ways, it's more of a, a very easy sell because you're, you've got Vire now, nationwide coverage, worldwide coverage in a lot of senses, and you also have a lot of good partnerships that, that they're building in terms internally with big sponsors and things like that. So uh, I think some players will decide, and I'm talking about the region where your guys are at, some players are probably going to end up deciding that, hey, the Trojans is the better fit for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had uh, really positive feedback already with player interest forms um, and not just interest forms, people reaching out out to us on social media. Um, People are ready to to get on the field already, uh, wanting to know, you know, when we're having our our first workouts, our first tryouts, et cetera. Um, And I think you hit the nail on the head that the WNFC – with with buyer and with their partnerships and the brand that they've built, um, it, it does sell itself. And so now it's just building that team culture and, and getting everyone excited and playing on the same page. And a lot of it has to do with just, uh, you know, the, the stability and the structure, which um, I know, you know, I've talked to Odessa various times. You know, her goal was really to structure it in a business mode. We've always had 
a recreational sense in the sport for a long time in its history. But now, it, you know, you got to a, point, to a point where you have key people now taking ownership seriously, right, as a business, not just an outlet for women to play football, but as a, a potential business sense, no, w, no different than the WNBA, no different than, you know, the NWSL and, and other women's sports that are obviously in the U.S. as a platform. So it's, it's really, in order for you to stand out with those other leagues, it, it has to be high professionalism, but number two, really understanding what the business has to be done to, to you know, stay relevant and also be a factor of visibility. And I think that's a good sign because Vire is growing. The WNFC, to your point before, this is a kind of a win-win for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what happens is when I go out and, uh, you know, meet and greet, uh, make those connections with the community, it is such an awesome thing to be able to say, hey, go to, go to Vire Network, download their app. You can watch a game. You can watch it live. Uh, that's one of the things that blows people away is, wait, I can watch a game live as it's happening, and then the expectation is, is it only certain games? And it's like, no, you can watch every single one of them. You can watch football all day long, you know, starting in the afternoon, and they absolutely love it. So that's definitely a great positive for us when we're able to, to show them, you know, not just tell them. It's very, very important. And I think when you get to a PR state, uh, Rachel, that is a bonus, right? Because a lot of times in the past you had a football team, but there's uh, the sponsor is like, well, where, where do I get, you know, eyes on you guys? because I want my stuff to be out there. And now it's like it's, it's a totally different ballgame because you're like, yeah, I can, get you your, I can get you more audience. Even though we don't have the luxury of butts and seats yet, you know, because our numbers are not probably there, but the opportunity is there where now we can see, you know, with social media, with uh, obviously reach, with Roku and other platforms, uh, you don't really need to have the butts and seats as long as you have the visibility and more likely that will turn to you know, people coming to see it live more often. Yes, it's a, the value proposition that it brings, the, the excitement that it brings to your home, you know, on a TV screen or on your screen on your phone. It's, you know, you can pull it up whenever, wherever, and that's also the beauty of it is you don't have to wait until Saturday to watch a game. You can pull up the week prior. You can pull up the season prior. Huge value proposition in that. Now, the investment part, uh, Tessa, this is a kind of a no-brainer. Like you said, you've played football. You are, uh, understand the mindset of what the players want and the co- competition. Um, this is w- one of the things that was uh, conveyed to me when the league was going to launch, and the attitude was this will be the highest level of women's tackle football that there will ever be, and that's why the, uh, the league, all the way from the top down, really requires a lot of laboring by the ownership also a lot of laboring by the staffing and et cetera, volunteers and interns and stuff to make that game day experience a reality. Yeah. I mean, as, as we're going out, um, you know, interviewing coaches, interviewing staff positions, we're very, very blunt and upfront that um, this isn't a hobby. Uh, This is a business and we are building a professional women's football team. Um, And, and, from my perspective, it's something that, that players in this region are, are craving, um, that players are, are traveling to, to different cities to play for WNFC teams because they want that level of competition. Um, and we've gotten great feedback already from, from coaches, coaches who want to come on staff um, who, who are also hungry and looking to prove themselves at, at a different level of football. And that's something that we're offering to them. Um, and so it's just been great with the feedback. Um, and, 
you know, I, I think some of the struggle that have been faced in women's football, you know, the WNFC with their model is greasing the wheels to make it easier for new franchises to come in. And I think the markets are very, are vital. And the one thing I like about their structure is um, we've, we've seen in the, in the short tenure that if some of the franchises cannot commit to a certain amount of demand or a certain amount of structure or things in place, the WNFC really is, is not going to keep you on board just to keep you on board. And I think that is more of a business mentality, right, because it's going to hinder the brand. It's going to affect uh, sponsorships. There's a lot of factors that go behind the scenes on, off game day that on a business side you have to make those hard choices. Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that's something that um, our military backgrounds actually lends itself to be successful at. Um, you know, although we're, we're not established businesswomen per se, um, you know, our careers have been in a high-pressure environment um, and where you either meet muster and you meet the standard or, or you don't. Um, and so that's one of the things that really drew us to the WNFC is, is that standard. And I think that's a key, right, because you've got to set that bar to a point where, as owners, uh, it's, it's nice that, that everybody down below you understands the importance of that, and not just from game operation, but everything, you know, in terms of the look, in terms of the atmosphere, uh, also the competitiveness of, of the football is we've seen it grow from year one to year two. We're starting to see it grow even more because of the fact that the players are getting better and their commitments are higher and you know, nutrition's better, and, and all the players, hopefully we get to the stage where everybody gets paid, and that's our goal, but it's like we have to showcase that effort, we have to showcase that game day excitement in order for uh, other, uh, other you know, investors to see value in the brand and overall product. I mean, the, the business side of it, Oscar, is one of the things that personally I, I love. You know, there's a set standard, and there's no wavering on that standard. And sometimes you have to make hard decisions, as you alluded to, or, you know, as you stated, you know, some teams don't make it, you know, uh, second, third, fourth year. And I think that that, you know, some people might view that as, as a negative, you know, however, coming into it, we know what the standard is. You know, we understand that and we're really fully prepared to meet that standard. And for me, that was a huge draw, like I said, from the business aspect is you are expected to do your your part as an owner in this league. And if you're not, then you know what? You're going to get cut. And I would have no other way, you know. Um, I, rel- I relish that, that challenge and, you know, I know that we're going to exceed it. And, you know, yeah, and I think regarding – Go ahead. Sorry, Aster, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, just regarding what you, you spoke about with the level of play um, and the time and effort that the players are putting into it to – to step their game up, um, you know, as owners, we understand that. And, you know, we're building our staff from the ground up, including making connections with, you know, local physical therapists, athletic trainers, um, dietitians, uh, you know, personal trainers to, to put those pieces in place so the players have that resource available to make ourselves competitive um, when players are looking at teams to compete with. Um, so, if we want if we want our players to play at the highest level, we understand as owners we have to give them every tool available or make it available for them. And I think that's the difference. You've been in the sport a long time as well. I've been in the, covering the sport for almost like 12 years or longer, and I can tell you right now 
that is a different standard than it ever was because before the player was paying into it, the player also had to support themselves by, you know, having a gym membership or getting sponsored to be a gym membership. So there was no real outlet to go and, and get that, you know, training needed without having to sacrifice themselves. So it's nice that some of the teams obviously are partnering with some gyms and are partnering with certain, uh, certain aspects of that in terms of care because that's vital. Yeah, and you look around the league, you see it not just – and that's the other thing. You know, you don't see it on just one team. You, every single team is making the same push, making sure that their players are being taken, up, taken care of along with the business side of it, and that's not something that, you know, you find everywhere. Um, I think that's extraordinarily important from the military side. That's something that I absolutely positively uh, ensured was taking care of your people. That's extraordinarily important. Um, and we're going to do the same thing here on this side with the football team. As Tessa said, building our, our support staff, you know, uh, when players come to our team or want to, you know, be a part of our team, they understand that there is support here for them from multiple aspects. It's not just, you know, you have to shoulder everything as a player. You know, the onus is on us, and we're making sure that we take care of that piece for them. Yeah, and it's a key piece because that is a big selling point when you get down to it as a player – there are benefits that come with not just your paying into play. Before, like I said, there was not that type of aspect in every organization. There, been a, there might have been in a, in a handful of organizations that are staple organizations in terms of women's tackle football, but not every organization has that uh, you know, affordability, which is key. Um, ladies, let's talk about the logo, the teaser. We are on fire, and then we get the little teaser, and we get the little head, and then all of a sudden here, full-blown Trojan. Uh, kind of a Tennessee Titan type coloring. So how did the logo come about? Oh, you know, it was a lot of fun, first and foremost. Uh, but some people might not know this, but Nashville is known as the Athens of the South. Sounds kind of weird, but, you know, it's very true. We have a full-size replica of, like, the, you know, um, of the Parthenon, uh, Statue of Athena. We have lots of educational uh, universities here. Uh, so that was one of them. Yeah, the, the Titans, which is obviously a pull towards the um, Greek mythology piece. I'm a huge Greek mythology buff. Um, so the Trojan War is mentioned in two of the, the biggest Greek books, uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey, which are some of my top five books. Uh, and then just our military background. When you think about the Trojan horse and how it came about in that war, um, it was a fabulous and fantastic strategical and tactical military move to end the battle that had been going on for the latter part of a decade. Um, so we put a lot of thought of in, into it, both from a perspective of our location, you know, ensuring that we had ties to Tennessee, ties to Nashville, uh, and then also taking into account our military background, what's important to us, you know. Um, and the other thing, you know, lastly is the, the Trojan horse. No one, you know, saw it coming. It was, it was a gift as they often ended battle in that time uh, or during that era. Um, so they accepted it. It was kind of like a, you know, uh, a surprise. And obviously, you know, they had soldiers sitting in there and they came out and, and won the battle. So it really it just comes down to that. Uh, ties to the city, ties to our military background. Um, yeah. It's a nice design. Uh, so shout out to the designer. Uh, I know there's probably a lot various submissions before you draft the final, uh, you know, the final draft on there. So it's kind of cool to have all that taken care of. Um, what will be the uni scheme? 
Can you can you devour the uni scheme or give us an idea of what the uni scheme will be? Is it white, powder blue, red? Have we even dived into that yet? Well, we've dove into that a bit. Uh, our color scheme, you know, honestly lends itself to multiple different variations. So there's three or four mock-ups so far. Um, we're trying to settle settle on, you know, our last two for our, our home and away Uh Obviously, the powder blue is is well known in football. You know, the Chargers, um, everyone loves their throwback uniforms. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, making sure that we have a combination that that's unique also in our league because there's several teams that have, you know, a, a red and blue type of scheme. So um, we're narrowing it down. Um, I, either way, I think with our color scheme, it's going to be fire. It's going to be something that players are, are excited to put on. Um, and, and it'll definitely stand out. All right. What is the um, what is the regional base that you're pulling from? That some if players are listening to us right now. I mean, are you pulling for the nearby states? Uh, I know obviously Tennessee is a big state, but are you pulling just north, south, or where is the interest so far that you guys have seen? Yeah, we've got player interest uh, from all over the state of Tennessee. Um, obviously, some some players who are local to Nashville, who, who might not be playing this season. Um, actually, some interest from, from East Tennessee, uh, northern Georgia. Um, uh, what, what else? I, I think we have a player interest form from Indiana already. And then surprisingly, we've, we've had international interest. Um, so that's a great thing about Nashville is it's, it's a city where people want to be. Um, and it's a, it's a city with a lot of growing opportunities. So it's, it's available for players who, who want to move and are committed to moving um, and possibly changing their careers, changing their home location to come play with us. Um, so we're not limiting it to just any geographical region. Um, anyone who, who wants to come be a part of this, um, you know, we're a people-first organization and we're committed to, to helping anyone within our means and our boundaries to, to allow them to come play football with us. Now, uh, regionally, everybody focuses on certain uh, aspects of in terms of stadium um, stadiums in, in, that, in a lot of senses. Uh, teams usually, you know, are able to facilitate one or two stadiums. So is the stadium hunt or, you know, hunt for, for a stadium uh, in the works at this point, or is it still, a, you know, what, a year out before we, you know, before your debut and stuff like that? We're narrowing down. I mean, there's a great number of potential uh, fields that we'll be playing on and calling home. Uh, the great thing is there's a lot to choose from, but we have our eye on a few. We, we're working that piece. We want to make sure that we're not looking for that. You know, we're not going to be looking for it before the end of the year. It'll be locked in. So we're pretty excited about what we have been able to go out and, and see uh, those we have a good, like, five locations that are pretty rock solid, and it's more of us making a, a decision on where, where we want to call home. Now, I know a lot of the WNFC teams have hooked up with some really good high school programs and really good, you know, obviously Texas affords that a lot. But um, are you guys diving into, like, established programs in terms of either high school or a little bit, or college as one of the, you know, venues hosting, because that makes a big difference in terms of fanfare. If, if they got a good turnout and they support, obviously, their stadiums and stuff like that, that also gives them uh, interest to come out and kind of check out your brand. 
Yeah, I mean, right now, I would say primarily our locations that we're targeting are high school stadiums. Um, there's a county local to us who um, just installed turf in, in all their fields. Um, they also happen to be the pilot program for um, the girls' high school flag football uh, league that Tennessee nice. uh, started this year. So they've got some support already regarding women playing football, young girls playing football. Um, but, you know, like Rachel said, we haven't locked anything in yet. And we also have, you know, the gift that there's several universities uh, in in the local area, um, in, in the national area. And, you know, there's a major university in Clarksville as well. Um, so clearly, you know, playing in a, in a college stadium would be amazing. But as you mentioned, it's got to be strategic because, if we can get a fan base from from that local community and from that local school district by you know locking in a high school field, that's that's ideal as well. Yeah, the reason I mentioned it because I know a, a lot of the WNFC teams that I talked to, uh, that was one of their priorities, you know, to get hooked up with maybe a major high school with a good program, right? Because that's a bonus and it, it introduces the sport to them as well, and you know the community supports that team and they more than likely will come out and support the, the women's team as equal, you know, partners as well. So there's a lot of, you know, relationships that get built on, you know, a lot of the uh, players sometimes have relationships with high schools, right, because they're coaching there or they're uh, working towards something in terms of their coaching resume. So it helps out that you have built up those network and relationships as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have, as Tessa said, the gift of having lots of options here in Nashville. Um, and the WNFC, you know, anybody that, that goes and visits their webpage, watches the games, you know, um, is now following us on social media. You know, we're getting attention just off of our announcement. So, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, five good spots. Uh, we don't want to give that away today, but um, that's something that we'll definitely lock in and our players won't have to worry about where, where are we going to play. You know, that'll be taken care of. Yeah, and I think those intangibles and those things in, in terms of the setup and the structure are really important. And it kind of, like I said, the, the players, uh, once they see that or they see those things in place, it's a no-brainer for them to commit and to put in time and to be part of this, you know, brand-new organization. Um, so, uh, Rachel, when you send me your bio, it, it, the vision is really high and the standard is really high. I'm assuming you guys have already penciled and darted the Texas Elite Spartans on your wall as a target for 2023. <laughs> Not that Odessa doesn't know about that, but she knows that everybody's out to get uh, the Texas team. But uh, uh, is that is that the uh, goal that you guys have set? The bar, obviously, is to make the nine-cup playoffs, right, as, 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 a, as a benchmark from the beginning? Absolutely. I mean, the, the playoff, a playoff berth the first season would be amazing. You know, first and foremost, we want to make sure that we're competitive. You know, mm-hmm. you can have all the professionalism, you can have all the structure, you know, all the awesome things, but when it comes down to it, you have to be able to perform on the field. Um, so first and foremost, we want to make sure that we build and establish a team that is exactly that. And Tessa, competitiveness uh, in terms of the region – I think it's great that the WNFC has, like, different regions. You know, you have San Diego, that's hyped. L.A. just came on board and rebranded. Um, there's a lot of teams that are now, you know, they, they, they've dug in to their, like, haven, right? They're dug into, like, this is our 
territory. And I think that's the difference I see with the passion on a week-to-week basis that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the WNFC teams are so regionally strong and devoted that, you know what, you're coming down to our house and, and there's, a, there's a, a point where, you know, the community is getting involved. They're going out there and canvassing for the fanfare. And I think that's a different aspect that we've never had before. And, and obviously the visibility with Vire affords a lot more in terms of social media as well. So it's nice to have rivalries, in other words, you know, on a weekly basis. We have San Diego, you know, San Diego coming off that rivalry. You got Utah, Las Vegas. You got Denver on the West Coast. So, you know, out here you got Atlanta going strong, uh, Mississippi, you know, Kansas City. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of teams in this league that are very competitive. Yeah, I mean, watching last week's uh, Las Vegas and San Diego game, I, I was I was you know on the edge of my seat. And, and you had your popcorn ready. <laughs> absolutely, I mean, absolutely. The the way the rebellion came back at the end of that game, um, you know, you just saw the heart and the passion. Um, obviously, regionally to us. You know, Atlanta's to the south, and, you know, they're they're a powerhouse. They've been a powerhouse in women's football for many years, but this year they're looking stronger than ever. Um, you know, you got the Mississippi Lady Panthers who you can never sleep on them, right? Just because their record is one thing right now doesn't mean that that's what it's going to be a few yep. weeks from now. Um, their, their talent um, at any given position can win them a game. Um, you know, and then you see strong teams like L.A., you know, coming into the league this year. They're putting up competitive games every week. Um, so just because it's a, we're going to be a new team doesn't mean that we're not going to be a competitive team. Um, those those two things aren't synonymous in, in the WNFC. There's an expectation that you, you put that competition on the field, and it doesn't matter if you're playing the Texas Elite Spartans, you know, the Mississippi Lady Panthers, whoever um, – that, that you're going to put your best foot forward and, and make it a, make it a good game. Yeah, and I think that's the difference that you showcase uh, those games and people are going to get excited. Even though we don't, you know, there's just, I mean, that matchup that you mentioned right now, San Diego, Las Vegas. That's a that's now an established rivalry. That is just like, you know, it's both teams they 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 get up for this game. You know, especially this season, everybody's neck and neck in the West, and every win matters. And I think that's the difference between what we're looking at now and and the fact that every game does matter, which is awesome. Yeah, and you see those, you know, you see those friendly rivalry posts on social media too. Um, you know, everyone loves each other in the league, but when it comes down to knocking heads on the field, you know, it's no holds bar because they want to win. They want to be the best team. You know, they want to make it to that nine cup and knock off the Texas Elite Spartans. Um, and so seeing that from the players, seeing that competitive fire week in and week out, I mean, as a player, how could you not want to be a part of that? Yeah, and I think that's the unique thing about it. You know, we got Tennessee, Mississippi to look forward to, Tennessee, Atlanta, Tennessee, Washington. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, Philly. Uh, so depending on what's on your schedule, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get to see some really good clashes in terms of the East Coast uh, and the Atlantic Conference and having the champs on that side. I don't know how the uh, you know the regional will be revamped in terms of who who stays in the Atlantic and who goes to the Pacific, but uh, whoever shifts out, uh, no either way they're they're gonna have to stay competitive as they are now. So it's interesting to see how that's gonna transpire. Um, so uh, ladies, thanks for making the time. I really appreciate it. I know we were communicating back and forth. Really, really uh, excited to see what the Tennessee Trojans are going to be all about in 2023 for the WNFC. And uh, 
I wish you guys a, a lot of success. Um, and then, uh, you know, the makeup and the, all the hard work is being put in now until the next season. So kind of interested to see how, you know, your uni unveil and all the other things that come out with, uh, you know, unveiling all these things. So I really appreciate you guys making the time. Oscar, I want to thank you for uh, having us tonight and, you know, just talking football. I'm really, really, you know, we are really excited to uh, show what Tennessee is made of. You know, I think uh, some folks are sleeping on us, but uh, come 2023, we're really, as you said, you know, there's going to be some great comp- competitive matchups, and we can't wait. Can't wait. Awesome. All right, guys. Uh, I really appreciate you guys making the time. We'll t- try to touch base uh, right before the next uh, season kicks off so that we get an idea of what the roster is going to look like, who's on your roster, because that's how nosy we are. Figure out who's, who's branching <laughs> onto the Trojan roster and how competitive that's going to be, because that makes a difference in terms of the players. But, uh, Rachel, Tessa, thank you for making the time. Continued success. Look forward to another chat maybe before the 2023 season and to see how Tennessee is going to evolve and emerge into the scene of the WNFC. Thank you, Oscar. Have a great night, guys. All right, guys, that was the Tennessee Trojans of the WNFC. Uh, uh, what an awesome uh, organization. They're looking forward to making an impact in the WNFC. We're going to go into the next huddle, and we're going to be talking to the phenom, Sam Gordon, as uh, she's evolving into uh, the UA uh, football clinics and also the big news about uh, partnering with the X-League. So we'll go on to it in, in a minute here. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Don't forget, guys, go to Monkey Night Fight, use the code NJF, get started today, $5 free play. You can play NBA playoffs right now, you can play PGA, MMA. Uh, more or less is our platform. It's pretty easy. If you get it right, it's uh, $15 on us. So check it out, monkeyknifefight.com forward slash NJF. Let's talk to Sam Gordon in the house. Uh, Sam, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, nice to chat with you again. I wanted to bring you on because of all this big news that happened and we had a lot of fanfare on our on our Facebook page saying, can you get her on and kind of a little skinny on the X-League plus the, the uh, Under Armour clinics that are obviously you're uh, partnering with as well. So I appreciate you making the time. Yes, for sure. I'm excited to chat. All right. Uh, so, Sam, let's start off with the UA Under Armour. Um, we have the article right there at our uh, at our Facebook page, and it's part of the underarmor.com uh, page. So, uh how did that all turn around? Because I know you have, you know, you have Jen Walter doing clinics as well with the girls' uh, football camps, and you have a lot of teams uh, in terms of the uh, NFL that uh, do NFL flag. So um, the UA, uh, you know, partnership, how did that work out? Uh, yeah, so the Under Armour partnership, uh, working with them, I'm super excited. Uh, they're very committed to the cause of uh, kind of opening up and supporting tackle football, you know, creating the first, women's tackle football cleat I think is such an important thing and so I worked with them on that and then obviously these girls tackle football camps where you had um, Nikki Grace and some other female NFL coaches and just giving girls the opportunity to feel like football players and having the same you know laser tests and the same cleats and everything that the boys are getting and um, they're also supporting our league a ton this this uh fall or the spring season we're playing the championships at the Rice Eccles College Stadium um, 
and that's, you know, through Under Armour support. So it has been super amazing to work with them and and get help in, in creating equality here. Now, I know you you were uh, part of the setup for the Utah Girls um, because everybody's read your story about that. Um, I know that's still going strong because I talked to uh, Chris already, and she's had good fanfare uh, over in Utah as well. So is this something that you want to create as well in terms of, like Utah was created, but on a different level, maybe a nationwide type of effect? I feel like eventually I would love to see girls tackle football league across the nation. It's something that should have been done forever ago, and we found success in Utah. I will say it is just difficult starting it up. You know, a lot of it was personal funding going into it, um, mm-hmm. and it was a challenge. We didn't have help from the schools, and so – I've had people reach out and be like, how do I start one in my state? And I just don't have a clear answer. But hopefully as we, you know, keep getting more support for this, um, I I hope we can start getting them popping up in other states soon. Awesome. So this this UA partnership, was that something that they came to you uh, at this point, uh, Sam, or was it something that you had uh, partnered with them and then it just became a mutual kind of like an agreement? Yeah, they they started the conversation, uh, but I was super excited to work with them. Our our, um, priorities aligned a ton, and it is great to find a company that's willing to actually help the cause rather than kind of just check it off, and I think Under Armour has been amazing with that, and my conversations with them willing to work with me and where I think we can best bring exposure to the sport and give girls the opportunity, and so working with them has been incredible so far. Now, is it like a plan clinic uh, schedule? Is it going to be like something in the future where you you got, you know, camps, uh, n- you know, in terms of a season aspect, like in a summer or fall type of event or not been worked out yet? Um, so the first one we had in L.A., which was uh, amazing. And then this summer we're doing one um, in Utah, and that should be very fun as well. And then I believe next year we're planning another two in the same location, Hopefully we can continue to do more. The first one was very successful, um, and it seems like something Under Armour is excited about as well, but I would definitely be looking forward to doing more of that in the future. All right, last time I talked to you, you were uh, going to college, and you were into soccer, and you were doing a lot of other stuff. And um, (laughs) so uh, you're you're basically on the go all the time, so I just want to make sure people understand that you're, you know, just doing your thing and you're doing a lot of stuff. So – I mean, uh, how are you tackling and juggling all this stuff? Um, yeah, college has definitely been an experience so far. So my, my first semester up at Columbia um, playing soccer as well was more of a time commitment than I, than I thought it was going to be. But being up in New York has been amazing so far. It feels off to be not there with the girls' league this season. But I've just talked to my dad all the time and hear about how it's going through him. Um yeah, a lot of a lot of things, but I like to stay busy. Well, I know it's successful, and I know you have a passion for soccer too. So uh, on both sides, uh, football is the same, but uh, different type of sport. Whether you're in Europe, <laughs> it's football, and then it's <laughs> in the states, it's a different type of football. So still the same passion, right? Uh, to kind of evolve and make it happen. So um, let's let's get into the X League announcement. Everybody was, I I, I don't want to say shocked that you uh, were partnering with X-League, but traditionally in women's tackle football, uh, X-League with its prior incarnations, everybody was like, okay, we don't want to go there. But the fact that they've kind of changed out all their their whole branding, their revamping, uh, the 
fact that they were they were trying to they're trying to launch in a different format, more traditional, um, you know, uniform in that sense. Um, it's still arena football in a in a modified sense. So uh, the question is, you know, why the X League? In other words, yeah, I think um, the X League is really rebranding, and I think that's an important thing. That's kind of my role coming in um, and being a leader leader uh, of the X League is kind of making sure we continue pushing toward empowerment and innovation and really opening up to the women's side with proper sponsorships and media exposures and really making this an opportunity for women to play football and prove that they can play football in in a good environment. And I think the X League is committed to that. Um, I'm really excited to work with them because I think a lot of the problems that come with women's athletics is just not having the right media exposure or sponsorships to start with. And so it's kind of difficult to build an audience and fan base that's willing to support the team. But what the X League is doing that I think will be a game changer is just coming in already with an innovative media strategy and really offering um, an entirely different viewing experience. And I think it's going to be uh, really appealing to the audience. And so they should build a fan base quickly. We have some incredible female athletes. Um, the Yeah, the jerseys and the um, uniforms are, are cool, I think. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to be be a part of this league. Now, um, Sam, the league has always had good fanfare, even with its uh, previous incarnation, and we've always had good attendance in a lot of ways. You know, three thousand to five thousand fans in the stands in terms of the arena aspect of it. So I think in the in a business sense, that makes a lot of sense to to dive into that branding. The um, the scope of international coverage also helps them with the marketing that they've done in the past, and they, they're basically relevant in Europe, also in, you know out there and overseas. So that, I think that's a bonus as well. But I think the the changes that they've made or committed to this this upcoming season uh, pre-COVID, because during the COVID it did not happen. But uh, we have a two-game set for this year, I believe, because of the you know issues that happened with scheduling and everything else that's happened. But I mean, two exciting, two exciting uh, games per teams. They're going to come, you know, basically for the season. So a lot of a lot of previous LFL fans are still, you know, fans of what this X League is going to be. So you do have that uh, bonus that you don't have in traditional tackle women's leagues, where at this point you do have fans that will come uh, and watch the game and fill the arenas. Yes, exactly. I, I do think that it's helpful to already have that experience in the past of bringing fans out um, and experienced players. But I think this is going to be an exciting rebranding of it and something that I'm really supportive of to, um, you know, have a more empowering space for these women, women to play in. And I think watching female athletes play football doesn't matter on the uniforms. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting and people are going to want to watch. Sam, on the pay scale part, because uh, I know in, in, in uh, women's tackle football, the cost is really high. You know, in other words, like, you know, $1,200 to $2,000 per season, where uh, the X League has literally cut that off in a way where the uniform cost is literally none, if, if anything. And in the past, they've had to where, you know, travel, travel was paid for the team to get from point A to point B in terms of competition. So there was a lot of perks. Uh, versus the outdoor game in terms of the full full kit league. So um, I think fans are more excited in that sense as it evolves, the fact that maybe at some point we get to a paid, a paid you know scale to where the players get paid per game, just like they do like in arena football. I know that's probably still a conversation 
that's a uh, long out, right? Yeah, and, and that's something that's very exciting. Uh, football, you know, the other women's football leagues, it's kind of stuck in that pay-to-play type of thing, and the X-League are really trying to get away from that, and hopefully as we continue to grow and um, become something that every that people want to watch, and I think women's football should have a fan base, and I, I'm excited to watch it, and I really hope we get to a point where we can pay our female athletes and reach a point where this can be a career path and something that uh, this can be their thing. So over time, I mean, it, it, it's a process, but I think the X League is going to be breaking ground for female football players. All right. So I will tell you, uh, a lot of fans, when we, when we heard the announcement on our Facebook page, um, because of your name to the league, um, it was, like, more credible than what we thought before. You know, before we had Mike Ditka, he's going to take over the league. So we're like, okay, Mike Ditka taking over – you know, a women's league. But now that we know that there is actually a female involved into the league and an aspect of a female aspect to the X league and how it will mature or how it will evolve and how it will take on sponsors and all the other factors that are behind the scenes besides the on-field play, uh, I think it gives a lot of uh, fans uh, comfort that you're involved. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a big part of it. My conversation so far um, they've been, you know, very ready to really embrace that empowerment aspect of it and focusing, focusing this on a good experience for the female athletes. And I'm, I'm excited to have that role here and kind of guiding and stewarding the brand into something that I think we can support and, and is a credible thing. So I'm, I'm excited. They're committed to making this a, you know, a real, real female football league. Um, and I, I'm excited to see how it goes. Now, I know you've seen highlights of the previous version of the LFL. Uh, you've seen tackles. Uh, and, you know, the indoor game is a lot more brutal in a lot of senses because you have the sidebars and, and all that other stuff. So physicality uh, is, is, as most fans would say, uh, the, the LFL is no joke in terms of physicality. Um, it's a faster game, more competitive in, the, in a lot of senses. But uh, I think you're looking forward to all that action, right? Yeah, uh, you have some incredible female athletes, and it's amazing to watch them play football. And I think that's something we're we're not afraid to do is to hit and tackle. Um, And I'm very excited to see this first run of games and watch them all hit and play football. I've already, you know, seen a couple of the the promo videos and the athletes that are coming out, and we have some real football players out there. All right, I'm, I'm not going to keep you any longer because I know you're making time for me, and I really always appreciate you uh, coming on and giving us some candid feedback and uh, looking forward to this, this new venture. Uh, everybody was excited, so I, that's, how, that's why I reached out to you. I'm like, I've like, got to get her on because everybody was like, hey, you got to talk to Sam and see if you can get some more skinny on it, you know, because we're all media people, so we always want skinny. Um, but uh, overall, uh, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the evolution of this league. I know it's uh, – a lot of the fans uh, are, you know, there's a lot of fanfare behind the league. There's a, a hardcore fans that have from every brand change. And I think this is a, an evolution for the league in itself. And I think a lot of fans are excited. I'm, I'm glad. I'm excited for the future of this league and future of female football. All right, Sam, I appreciate it. Um, I Safe travels out there if you're going back to college. I really appreciate you making the time, a couple minutes of your time here. Uh, looking forward to what you're able to create and uh, evolve and make the X League a high-level uh, athletic uh, female uh, brand. 
Uh, looking forward to next next year, which is 2023. I'm pretty sure there's going to be, besides two games, maybe we'll get six games, which would be a lot more mm-hmm. competitive and a lot more exciting. But uh, we're going to get two games this summer coming up here in, what, a month? And so uh, I think everybody's yeah. excited to see what the X-League is going to be all about. Me too. Thank, thank you for uh, talking to me. I'm, I'm excited. And uh, like everybody else, I'm rooting for the X-League. <laughs> All right, Sam, thank you again. Uh, safe travels. Uh, looking forward to it. And uh, we'll probably chat after the season's over if we, if we can, kind of get a perspective of how the season went and then what it, what's going to happen for, you know, 2023 in terms of changes. Okay, perfect. Sounds great. Okay, thank you again. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys, that is the Sam Gordon, uh, now the uh, owner of the X-League uh, 2022. She's going to be uh, basically collaborating internally, trying to get the league to get bigger sponsors, trying to get the league to get these uh, athletes in X-League to get paid. And also, she obviously is a businesswoman, and she sees the potential of what an arena-style you know, female football league can become. The uniforms have been modified. It's more traditional aspect of the uniform. Um, and so see what she's going to be able to, to dive into. She's, we talked about the fanfare already there. There's already, you know, there's fans that come to the ex, uh, LFL, former LFL, and there's at least 4,000 fans per matchup. Now, if you can put the same effort into a six-game league, a six-game, uh, there's opportunity there for volume, also opportunity for sponsorship. So, this could be the first league under her guidance that maybe gets to pay players, female players, to play football in an arena style. So this is exciting. Um, let's bring in the Oracle of Women's Tackle Football, and that would be uh, the backseat coach, Mark Simone. Hey, Mark, uh, welcome in. Um, I think, you know, talking to Sam right now, kind of getting a perspective and a business venture, uh, trying to understand – how she can get to, uh, you know, get the X League to be a pro league, but also get the, the girls paid with more sponsorships. Um, so I think she sees some sort of uh, benefit to it in a, in a way to get women's tackle football elevated to a higher level, kind of like uh, the NWSL pays the players in terms of soccer and stuff like that. So um, I, I, we'll see how to how it evolves after this year because they're only going to play two games. So we'll see what it comes out to for 2023, whether they go to four or six games and, and see how that will mature. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I listened to only some of the interview and, um, you know, I, I speculate that probably in, she's thinking that in terms of, you know, advancing the game to a state where um, the, the athletes can be paid, uh, Gordon feels that the arena game is probably more likely to make that happen compared to the traditional game. So I, I suspect that that's why she's there. Um, also, um, <clears throat> if they're offering you a piece of the action, uh, that probably helps uh, help you come along. Um, so, but, uh, you know, as you say, you know, any, any venture, any new league is a Herculean task. And, um, you know, you, men's leagues have come and gone, as, as we know. So um, it, it is a long process if they're going to make that lead a, a success. Um, and, you know, I wish Gordon luck in that venture and, um, we'll just see how it goes, I guess. Hey, I wanted to ask you, this would have been the first Mm -hmm. question I I would have asked her. Did you ask her if she was interested in playing? Because I reckon she's probably, you know, 
uh, in the right age, you know, range. She's athletic. She plays football. Did you ask her if she would be considering playing at all? Um, off air, I did, and she's not interested in that because she's playing soccer and she wants to do soccer mm-hmm. in college or whatever. Um, but she just she told me exactly what she just said in the interview. It's a it's a good opportunity for her to elevate the uh, the game of football, and she sees obviously um, because of the reach that the LFL has had or the previous LFL had with marketing, and are, they already have an established outreach in terms of uh, video, you know, television and everything else. Um, she feels that obviously this is a good state to, to elevate the game. That's why the uniforms are changed. There's conversations with the unis. Um, I, I believe from my understanding with her, there will be other evolution of the uniform coming in terms of modifications, because if they get like a, you know, an example, they get an Under Armour sponsorship as an example, then they're able to, you know, work with Under Armour to get modified uh, things for the women's game in terms of modification for the uniform, kind of like what she's trying to do with the, with the cleats, to make up female cleats, you know, uh, design female cleats for actually females. Um, so she's working in the background in terms of trying to get that uh, kind of molded. So I think, you know, she's she's got drive, so maybe we'll see a different league in 2023 and 2024, right, if it's successful enough. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, for my part, I, I hope they consider uh, redoing the helmet and, like, yep. instead of using – something that's like you know whatever it's not a hockey helmet maybe it's a lacrosse helmet i don't really know what kind of helmet it is but it isn't a football it's a hockey helmet. helmet for sure yeah it's a hockey yeah um, the reason they did that for the visor you know? i think they just they used that because they wanted the visibility of the face you know the athlete's face and you can see the visor and it's more clear and so there's a lot of reasons for yeah. it but it is modified football so it's not like true tackle football it is you know kind of like arena some people don't consider arena true you know, American football. It's kind of like a modified game. So it is a modified game. But to your game. point, in, um, in the interview, you know, you said that sometimes the arena game can be a lot more brutal. It's a lot more fast. Yep. Um, there is a lot of hitting and into the the uh, the, the walls and stuff uh, that go around the, the entire field. So, you know, I would really think, you know, certainly safety would be as much a concern, if not more of a concern, in that type of arena. Um, uh, no pun intended. Sure, yeah. And I think they're going to have to have safety nets, you know, in, in a lot of ways. In other words, to your point, it's going to have, they're going to have to evolve it, you know, to your point because of, the, because of the need to be, you know, in that sense. And they're probably going to have to create different rules as they go forward if they're going to make it more legit in that sense. Um, but you know what? It's kind of shocking, right, when the news came out, given Mortaza's track record, uh, everything else that's happened in the past. Uh, so I guess uh, all we can say is the X League is in better hands than it was in the past. So uh, looking forward to see what Sam can do with it. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, Mark, let's uh, dive into this uh, international field. So uh, the IFAB World Championships are set. Um, You have Team Finland, Team Germany. uh, You have Australia that already announced their own roster. So there's a couple teams still working and kinking out. So in other words, another month and everybody should have their full roster displayed for us to view uh, and kind of go over some of the names and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, in terms of getting ready for the IFAB World Championships, uh, we don't have Team USA's roster yet. Uh, Mexico hasn't announced an official roster. So I'm assuming in the next 30 days we'll have official IFAB rosters that we can actually sit down and kind of figure out who's on the teams. Uh, yeah, that 
that sounds about right. It's, you know, um, uh, many of the national teams, you know, put out statements that they had their, um, in different countries, they have different terms for it, but uh, they're practice teams or basically it's, it's, um, it's saying that they have a list of people that they want to work with, but they haven't winnowed that list down to the um, actual um, number of 42. So, um, right. you know, I, I think Finland had 90 and I, and um, I think Australia had something like 60 or something like that or 50. So, um, yeah, I, I suspect like very soon we'll be seeing um, some more announcements um, from uh, several nations as to what their sort of final roster is going to be. All right, guys, um, if you go to the Hub, we got everything covered there, all the articles from all the teams, Germany, Finland. Uh, we got articles also from the Australian team, uh, things like that. So you go right there to the Hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauty. You can dive into what we were talking about here and get down the articles. You will need Google Translate, and you will need to translate a lot more after Google Translate to make some sense of sentences. <laughs> so just to That's warn you right. now, we're going to go into uh, that mode. Right, uh, me and Mark always have to get the, the translate, and then we have to retranslate a term and see what see what they're trying to say in terms of an American swing of a thing. That's right. Uh, you, you know, you'll learn what Yankee football is all about. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite. Whenever you know uh, uh, American football is translated, sometimes it ends up as Yankee football. So, well, that's what they call it there, Mark. Right. That's what we're called there. We're not called That's Americans. Right. We, we think everybody That's calls right. everybody calls us Americans. We're not Americans. We're Yankees. That's right. We're, we're Yankees. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, it's enough, unique in that sense. Yeah. We also had a great article uh, on the uh, Mississippi tri- uh, tri- um, trio, uh, our uh, Renee Hahn, uh, Shiloh Phillips, and Amanda Housen, and the other two, uh, the other uh, players from Australia. Uh, it was done by theguardian.com for uh, Australia. So it's a p- pretty cool article there. Get to watch it, um, and you get to see it there. Uh, Mark, let's let's dive into the, the WFA. And I know international, we have a lot of leagues playing, so everybody can dive into the hub. 20K, Mark, this month alone, we have 20K followers on the hub. So you know everybody's diving in, and you can dive into the international scene right there at the hub, right, if you're – Incline, head over there now. That's right. Get to the hub, Bob. Join twenty thousand. All right. We don't cover everything on Tuesday because it's just we don't have the time. But you, you guys have the time. Just go to the hub. You get to cover everything that's at the hub every day. Daily updates, weekly, uh, everything else that's happening there. Go to the hub and get get the lowdown on everything that's happening. All right, Mark. I talked. I talked at the top of the hour. We will commit starting next week and the week after to kind of dive into D3 because it's starting to get to that stage where we got to look at Massey's, the knockout going to go back into the playoffs, Carolina Phoenix. There's a lot of D3 teams in the mix, even Orlando, right? Uh, 3-0, and 4-0. There's a lot of teams that are going to start to, you know, separate themselves into this Massey ratings and then figure out exactly how the playoffs are going to start to work in terms of we got two weeks left for the WFA to decide the playoffs and Massey will decide which D3 gets in. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you got to expect um, that pretty soon the the WFA will be putting their bracket out 
Um, so that will just, you know, further um, inform us or give us more to think about and debate about when we look at the, the teams in Division Three and Division Two. Um, so it, things are getting very interesting now just uh, by virtue of being past that halfway point of the season. So I'm looking forward to covering a little bit more of um, the Division Three and Division Two. So I will be reaching out to a couple teams uh, in the next couple weeks, between now and four weeks from today. We'll reach out to a couple teams in D3, some of the premier teams in D3. We're looking at the Massey ratings as a focus. So we'll try to reach out to get a couple interviews with some coaches and some players and some top league players. Um, Mark, the biggest shocker, I think, this whole week out of the whole WFA, more than likely, is OKC Lady Force taking down Dallas Elite Pro Team. 27 to 7. So I think that's, that was like yeah. the biggest thing I saw. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not that we, you know, think that the uh, Lady Force aren't a good team. I, I feel like they are a competitive team, certainly in uh, Division Three. Um, but, they, you know, they didn't just, you know, beat uh, the Dallas Mustangs. They, you know, they kind of stomped them, you know, 27 to 7. Um, that's uh, a pretty uh, sound victory. So, yeah, that I mean, that's a tough loss to take when you're a Division One team to a Division Three team. I don't think it's the first time that we've seen that sort of thing happen. But um, it, uh, it definitely, you know, indicates that um, Dallas is not as competitive as they should be for, for a pro division team. Uh, kudos to the Lady Force, though. I they think that's going to you know? be a decision the WFA has to make in the off season whether Dallas stays in pro. That's a really big question. Will Dallas stay in pro at this point, given their their performance? Maybe it's time that we elevate another D two D two team to pro, and maybe that's going to be the case for next year, right? Give another te- uh, right. team an opportunity to go into pro, like they did with Nevada, as an example. So that's, uh, that's right. great. Um, we haven't talked about tidal waves. Uh, we'll talk. We'll get into the tidal waves. They're obviously on uh, Zydeco Spice, Orlando, uh, Ma, uh, you know, Orlando in, in itself. So we're going to be diving into a couple of those teams in terms of you know what it looks like for D3 competition as we go forward in the next couple of weeks. So uh, I will try to reach out to a couple of teams and see if we can get a perspective from either some players and coaches and see where they stand as we get into the playoff of you know function of the WFA. Uh, w in um, D, WFA 2 division, um, let's break it down here before we get into pro. Um, any shockers, Mark, in this week for the for the uh, for D2 at this point? I know there was you know the nail biter 14-13 Baltimore. That was the game we were all anticipating, and it it was it did not dis- disappoint. Yeah, you know I I was. Very curious about that game. I, I think I would say that I would have expected um, um, New York to uh, hand, handle Baltimore um, with relative ease, but Baltimore put up a heck of a fight. Uh, you know, they missed a PAT in overtime, and and that was um, that was the difference. And that must have been a very very disappointing way for the Nighthawks to 
uh, walk off the field because they were right there with the Wolves. But, you know, now they know it. Now they know that they, you know, they can compete um, with, you know, one of the toughest teams in Division Two. So maybe that will help turn things around. Uh, the Nighthawks haven't um, played, um, you know, uh, they haven't been particularly competitive um, before this game. So something came out, and, and that's a good thing. Hopefully, um, despite having a very kind of disappointing finish to that game, they can, they can take something away from that game, carry it forward with them. And as far as the Wolves go, you know, um, it was a close game, uh, but they pulled it out. It, you know, it, you always learn something when you pull out a tough victory like that. So, I, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what these two teams do down the stretch here. We had two weeks left, Mark. If we're looking at this perspective in a, in a, in a clear way, Baltimore, last two weeks, winnable for them. They, go, they take on Tri-State, which they were already beaten. And then they have to they get they have to get past the Columbus chaos. So we will see Baltimore, New York, maybe in a rematch in a playoff mode, and that I want to see because they know this. Like you said, this is something they 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 let get away if that's the case. And I don't think they're going to do yep. that in the playoffs because it, it'll have more impact. Right. Yeah, we'll see. And you know, as I mentioned before, once we know what the brackets look like, then we can sort of figure out what the likelihood of that matchup. Uh, will be in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I hope that's uh, that's a rematch I hope we get to see. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how that, you know, th- these two teams maybe meet up in the end as well. Um, shout out to our our Mac, Mackenzie Brooks. What a, a sack beast. 14-12 to 12 against Tulsa threat. Uh, this, this Nebraska team is, is uh, starting to impress. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we didn't think they were going to have much of a chance, but uh, – you know they they have gone on a very impressive outing. I think thirty-eight to seven that big loss against Mile High at the beginning, and then they put up thirty-three points against Iowa of all teams from last year. Uh, Nebraska uh, they they fall twelve to five against the uh, um, OKC, which is one of the top teams right there in D three, and then they they take down uh, Tulsa too, and now they they finish with Iowa, and their biggest test will be Minnesota. So shout out to Mac for being a uh, you know, just tearing it up this week. Yeah, you know, and I really think that, uh, you know, the defense um, of the Valkyries, uh, that's the bread and butter of the team. I, I think that's the, the, the fulcrum upon which the success of the team, uh, you know, balances. Uh, they've shown that they, you know, have a, a defense that can, you know, hold the other team back a little, you know, enough to, to give their offense a chance. So, you know, I look at these point totals and, um, you know, Iowa Phoenix 14 points, uh, Lady Force 12, and Tulsa 12. You know, when you hold the other team to those point totals, that's, that's a winnable game for just about any team out there. So kudos especially to the Valkyrie defense. And, um, yeah, keep, keep banging. You think the salty one's salty? Because it's starting to show, right, with those results. <laughs> that, that salty defense, yeah. man. <laughs> it's, she it's had like showing. four sacks. She had a four sacks. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't give her enough snacks before she got there. So that's a problem already. You got to feed the beast yeah. before you get to the game. Otherwise, she's going to be angry. <laughs> she's always snacking on when she's on the air with us. 
I mean, uh, I don't know what the coaching staff's doing over there, but maybe they're they're taking away her snacks and she's just violently going off for those four quarters. You know what I mean? They call that strategery. That's an awesome strategery. <laughs> oh, and, and just to let you know, cheese is not her favorite thing. So let's just clear that out right now. <laughs> Don't give her we cheese. just gave her a plate of uh, smelly cheese. Oh, here you go. Ah. <laughs> and she's listening to us. She's, we're gonna give us. She's gonna give us hell on the message bar. <laughs> anyway, uh, no cheese for math, and it, <laughs> it shouldn't come from Wisconsin or Green Bay because that's even worse. <laughs> hell no. Hell no. <laughs> oh, so shout out to Mac and her team, uh, Valkyries, for that great win against Tulsa. So awesome, awesome victory there for them. Um, Mark, we haven't talked about Mount High. Uh, they take care of the Valkyries we just mentioned here. Then they, they uh, get edged, uh, you know, 22-8 to eight against uh, Nevada. Then they're, they, they start their little roll, uh, the three in a row here, 22-0 to zero against Rocky Mountain, 18-14, to 14, big tough matchup against Houston Energy. Then they put up a 60-burger this past weekend against Sun City South. So they're going to finish strong uh, against Rocky Mountain. I doubt that that's going to be a challenge. Uh, so this is a team to – kind of keep an eye on in D2 and how they're going to fare. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, they're, they're going to roll to a 5-1 a and one regular season record. Um, and But it, that statement game against the Houston Energy, that, that's, that's the one right there. Um, that was a hard-fought game, close game. It was on the road in Houston, so – hostile environment that was a big win for the blaze to pull out and um they're they're hoping for more of that in the playoffs right now if we look at the stats um the wolves own the best offense in d2 and the best defense in d2 and second uh is the energy offensively and the blaze offensively and lo and behold the nebraska valkyries also offensively powerhouses the top five in the D2 realm. The defense, top five defense, is obviously the Wolves, the Blaze, the Energy, and Seattle up north, the Spartans, uh, including Nebraska. So, you know what? Uh, Mac wasn't wrong, Mark, at the beginning of the year. Watch out for her team, she said. We got ballers. That was, I think, the words she gave us. So, yeah, Nebraska's uh, doing great in D2. Yeah, that's right. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, the Valkyries are uh, fourth in team scoring and fifth in team defense here, you know, past the midway point of the regular season. So that's not a bad place to be. Um, It's just a matter now of finishing off the season, um, you know, maybe rolling up some, some big points where you can and trying to edge those Massey ratings in your favor. So, um so we'll see what happens, but, um, you know, uh, they're definitely in a good spot. Yeah, shout-out to uh, Nicole Skolnick, the quarterback for the Valkyries. Uh, great job out there, Nicole. Keep it going. Looks like you guys are on a 3-4 playoff berth there. Uh, shout-out to Christina Jacks out there, also in the energy, and Kimberly uh, Santos Heaven uh, from the Blaze, and, of course, Lexi Catton from the Fighting Shockwave. So shout-out to the D2 uh, you know, athletes out there doing their thing uh, so far this season. So shout out to all the, the QBs out there doing their uh, putting up some yards and some points as well. So pretty awesome. Uh, team offense, the dynamite. I think it leads uh, in everything in terms of uh, yardage, 
you got energy and blaze that go into it, the rushing, also the dynamite, and then the blaze and the energy. So all those teams pretty much in every stat category. So that's really cool. Um, let's go into uh, the next week, week six, and uh, find out, you know, the game status. Let's talk about Boston before we get out of here, uh, before we go into week six. So uh, no surprise there. Boston takes care of Pittsburgh. Uh, impressed, uh, Mark. We talked about it off air. Uh, Pittsburgh, very good team. I think offensively they have a, a, a good nucleus there. Defense as well. Just uh, you know, Boston just on a different level. But you know, passion have been very competitive the whole season so far. Yeah, you know, I, I really liked, uh, enjoyed even watching uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, they were able to move the ball against Boston. Um, you know, uh, uh, in the first half they were able to drive into um, uh, Boston side of the field on every possession that they had, five possessions. They just couldn't finish off drives. It didn't translate into points. You know, uh, Boston's defense, um, you know, they got a couple turnovers to stop those drives. Um, you know, a turnover and down. They, they forced a punt. So they, they just, the Boston's defense just kind of locked down after a certain point. But you know, the, I, I felt like um, the Passion's offense looked pretty good. Maria Fatali uh, ran the ball um, very well. She, you know, she ran hard. Um, and uh, Marcelina Chavez, who was a star with the Tampa Bay Inferno for a few years, um, she's playing with Pittsburgh now. Uh, she, she caught quite a few balls. She was very involved in the, in the offense uh, Jenna Meister, who's been with Pittsburgh for a while, she's she's a veteran there, um, is kind of a steadying presence, a good blocker. You know, I think I think their offense uh, looked pretty good under a rookie uh, quarterback, Alyssa George, um, which is remarkable considering you know it, it, it's hard to you know perform at a high level at quarterback when you're a rookie, um, but um, you know Alyssa George could could run the offense and I feel like Pittsburgh um, did pretty well. I think the future looks very bright uh, for Pittsburgh. Uh, I think they're, they're going to be very competitive next year and in the years to come. But as you, as you say, at, at this particular moment, um, they, they just weren't a match for, for Boston. Boston was just kind of on a different level. Now we also have their schedule remaining and I think they face one more D one team, which is Divas at the end of the season. So that will be an interesting game to watch to see how they fare against DC. Oh, yeah. Talk about talk about DC, Mark. The Inferno in in weather elements, uh, they take advantage of it. Uh, DC could not muster any real offense, uh, you know, in in that sense, and so they get blown. Uh, they get shut out twenty-one to zero, uh, basically uh, playing the Inferno. So a tough loss for DC. Yeah, that was a tough loss uh, for for DC. Um, the, the weather conditions, as you mentioned, were abhorrent. It was raining. It was very, very windy. Um, I think it was pretty, must have been windy on all along the East Coast because it was quite windy in Boston as well. Uh, we didn't have any rain, thankfully. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it didn't look like um, uh, the weather was helping D.C.'s game very much. As, as I understand it, um, um, they had – you know, just a very hard time. They had two turnovers in the in the first half, which didn't help. Um, and you know, Tampa Bay was they were 
they were toting the rock. They were just pounding. I was ground and pound for Tampa Bay. And, you know, once they got ahead, um, it became very difficult for D.C. to play catch up in those conditions because they need to, like, rely more on throwing the ball, you know, uh, in that situation. Uh, uh, Amanda Congialdi came in the second half and, you know, for, for what it's worth, she looked good throwing the ball. She didn't have too many errant passes uh, despite the, the bad weather conditions. She looked pretty good out there. The problem was it was hard to catch the ball. It's slippery. You know, everybody, everybody's hands were wet out there. So there were a lot of drops, and there was just at a certain point, it, it was just kind of a hopeless task. And um, well, D.C. would, you know, eventually turn over the ball, and Tampa Bay would just ram it down their throats. So uh, that was a really solid win for Tampa Bay. I, I can tell you that. Uh, they played the game that they wanted to play, and uh, it, paid, it paid off for them. Now, the D.C. schedule is really tough, Mark. They get Boston, which we know what the end result will be there because they get kind of the Aldi back. Maybe that's a difference maker for, for them against Boston, but I'm giving the, the, the Renegades the win there. And then they're going to take on Pittsburgh, and you just saw Pittsburgh, and you said, and we don't know what that's going about, but, you know, hey, George, uh, George is a good, has, leads a good offense. Defensively, they're, they're uh, pretty decent. So it's going to be a tough two weeks in the next couple weeks here for, for D.C. and whether they make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's fair to say that, um, you know, um, the, the Divas playoff um, outlook is now um, not as bright as it, as it was before after taking that loss to Tampa Bay. And, and, and as you say, with this matchup with Pittsburgh looming, that suddenly becomes a very, very, very big game. Uh, that's the biggest game now, you know, for the Divas this season because um, a win, a win against Pittsburgh can, can help them a lot uh, in terms of um, staying um, high up in the Massey rankings and, and getting a good spot in the playoffs. Um, I, I think the Divas might find it very hard to travel um, someplace else and get a win in the playoffs this year. I agree. Um you guys can get to watch the game. Minnesota rebounding against Arlington, 42-6, to right down to Town Square's TV. So we're, gonna dive in. we're not going to dive in thoroughly on that game, but a great rebound by Minnesota. But you can get to watch it right there, Alex Westad uh, and company on Town Square TV. You can get the full game right there plus the recap. So go to the hub, facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Uh, Mark, the, the one game that we wanted to see could not get streamed, uh, I talked at the beginning of the hour, just a bad mistake by the WFA, bad mistake by Cali War. Uh, it was a game to see, and we did not get to see it. 54-52 was an impressive game. Uh, would have loved to see Chantel Wiggins m- do her magic, you know, in, in video, but, God, that was just not good. I mean, uh, this, 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 this quarterback out west doesn't get the, uh, the attention that everybody on the East Coast gets, and she has been doing it for a long time, and, she was not, uh, I think, part of the team for the last couple weeks, and here we go. You you go up against the biggest rival, and she knows what Nevada's all about. And uh, you know, she second half, she just together. I mean, Nevada had it in her hand. They they could have put together a better defensive stance, but 
overall, it was back and forth. Both offenses, you know, really performing well. And the 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 Cali War edges Nevada Storm 54-52, and uh, we could not see it live. Wow, not even a Facebook live. It just was not cool. Yeah, you know, I don't know if we, you know, everybody on our private chat, um, if we spent more time talking about any game, you know, even championship games and stuff like that. Um, certainly, um, that was a game for the ages, and you are right. That is, it's almost criminal that that game was, you know, not not streamed, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, this isn't this is in California, right? In Los Angeles, what do, what do they do there in Los Angeles? There's like there's there's TV and film out there, like it's it, it couldn't get I'm, a I'm just company it. to put it on Facebook yeah, Cal- Live. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like, the, that, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say it. The, the Cali War has to step up their game when it comes to doing a stream. You know, they are, they're one of the top teams in WFA Pro, and they have been for several years. And they, got, they have to do better against the, you know, with these marquee matchups that they get. Like, it, it's a, it was a no-brainer. And, you know, yeah, I don't know the particular circumstances. For the yeah. week. It's our rant for the week. Right. This was not a good thing for the WFA. This is a, literally a black eye of the WFA. Because if you could consider yourself pro, this game should have been televised. Either Facebook Live should have been televised by a third party. Somebody should have televised this game. And the fact that it went down to the wire with a minute 44, you know, to, to, to get the, the win by Cali War, they were almost, they were almost going to get beat. And got beaten in that sense, you know, in terms of not having access to it. So, you know, if you're the WFA, the ownership, the leadership, this is, uh, this is, this is not good. <laughs> you want us to dive into your games. You need to do better. And this is a rivalry matchup, Mark. This is not like, you know, Cali War against right. Kern, right? This is a Cali War right. against Nevada. And Nevada has been on the yep. mark nationwide for the last two years. If you as an owner of the Cali War doesn't feel like this is a must stream game, then you got your priorities screwed up. Big time, big time priorities. Yeah, I mean, obviously a huge missed opportunity um, for football fans, for the league, um, for those teams, for those players. Um, man, you know, all I can say, you know, I, I would have loved Mark. to see that. The plays alone on offense, right? The, the strategy, the receiving, the the, the, the yeah. catches, the run, you know what I mean? Uh, just the fact that you did not get to see it. Chantel Nino Wiggins on display. That's just not right. That's just not right. One of the legendary right. quarterbacks in the sport, right? We right. got to see Mo Edmonds against Chantel Nino Wiggins, and we did not get to see it. Right. And, you know, career day. Career day is, you know, for both quarterbacks. And, you yeah. know, we can't really, you know, heap enough praise on – uh, Wiggins in, in her career, uh, as you did mention, like she's kind of a fly under the radar um, yep. uh, greatness, but she's always been one of the top uh, quarterbacks in the WFA for as, you know as long as I can remember when you know Boston first came into the league in uh, 2011. So 
Um, you know, it, it, that's a shame. I, I mean, over 500 yards of passing yep. uh, and eight touchdowns, like, uh, that's, that's, that's wild. That's a career day all for a person who has had an outstanding career already. So, um, it would have been, uh, it probably would have been down as the game of the year if it was live. Probably one of the games of the year, right? It's just that, that kind of game. It would have been hard, it would have been hard to think of a game that might have been better than what we saw the week before when the storm, uh, came back against the Vixen. But this, this was, (laughs) this was something else. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's got my vote at this point in time. Well, who knows what next week holds? But I mean, miss opportunity for the WFA. I just—it's just a miss opportunity for the WFA. Just not not a cool thing to do, and not have it streamed. And uh, Nevada, I, I reached out to Nevada, Mark, and they will have their next uh, their next game streamed when they face Cali Moore. So shout out to Nevada for getting it getting it together, right? And just yeah, they do a good here. job out there with the CSTV. Um, uh, they yeah. yeah they they got it together over there. All right, um, Mark, let's just dive into the pro here before we go to WNFC because we've got 15 minutes. Um, Boston will take on St. Louis, uh, the, the game that we all wanted to watch a year ago and two years ago. Uh, so this is a key game. You've got Arlington taking on Cali War. We'll see how they rebound after the Minnesota loss. Uh, what else do we have going on? Uh, we got Detroit against Derby. That's another game. Uh, let's see here. Zydeco Energy. Could be interesting there. Uh, Nevada taking on Portland. That's going to be a road game. See how they rebound after this Cali War. Um, so you got OKC taking on Crusaders. They'll go 5-0. and New York knockout probably goes 5-0 and against Maine. Uh, Pittsburgh taking on the Chaos. What else have we got here? Oh, Inferno uh, taking on Daytona. I'm pretty sure that's going to be no, uh, a no-brainer. Uh, Baltimore taking mm-hmm. on Tri-State. That could be interesting. And then you got Tulsa. Taking on Iowa, that could be one of those games where, you know, they let their guard down and they could get a loss there. So uh, we're looking at, uh, what, uh, 14 or 20 games, and we'll keep tabs on the pro division primarily in terms of the hub so you guys can go there. But you can always go to WFAProFootball.com and get the lowdown of all the games that are happening. It's uh, starting to happen this week. So go into the WNFC, Mark. Uh, interesting game if you're in San Diego. <laughs> That was a great yeah. game. You know, uh, Las Vegas deserved to win that. I don't know about you. I'm not, not to discredit San Diego, but Las Vegas really was going to pull that upset, and it did not happen. But they played their hearts out. They did. Um, you know, um, I think in comparison to that uh, WFA game between Baltimore and New York, you know, the underdog in both of those games were right there uh, keeping up with the big dogs. And um, in, in this case, you know, I, you know, I definitely found myself like, you know, I like both of these teams, but, you know, I, I love to see an upset. And I, I was, I was cheering for the Silver Stars. I thought they played very well. You know, what can I say? You know, they executed, um, they made good decisions. Uh, the coaches made great decisions on how to approach San Diego, and they were they were in a position to win. The ball just didn't bounce their way at the end, um, which is too bad. 
But like I said about Baltimore, hey, Las Vegas knows that they that they could have won that game and um, that they have that capacity. And that was again for the playoffs. This is this is going to be one of those things where they they remember this one and going into the playoffs, you know, this is going to be one of those oh, games absolutely. they remember if they face San Diego. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah. and then what do you say about Nenji Martin? I mean, Nenji Martin's been putting the San Diego Rebellion on her back since day one, but it's nice to see that you have a complementary backfield, Escoto and and Gutierrez. I mean, they they just they, they're so dynamic in that sense that you know the last play of the game is kind of defines what the rebellion's all about, putting uh, the quarterback, putting it, put him, you know, on the back and getting that touchdown to make the difference. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I actually think that San Diego's a better team this year than they were last year. Uh, they, they seem to be more balanced. And um, I mean, their defense is, is uh, just as good as they were last year. I thought their defense last year was, was outstanding. Um, and I think, so that, I think that shows you, you know, just how competitive Las Vegas is. Um, so, um, but you're right, you know, uh, Nenji is the, um, um, she's the leader of that squad um, in many different ways, and she's the leader of that team on the field, certainly. Now, the, the Las Vegas, like I said, a tough loss, but they're able to, you know, stay in contention in terms of the ranking. They're right there. They're able to, you know, get that, you know, I guess satisfied in that sense because they're staying in the ranking. Uh, talk about two teams struggling to get into the rankings, and that's Utah, Los Angeles. The the legends almost pull a win out here against Utah, and then eventually Utah did separate themselves. Magana and company really got it going, uh, and so Jameson. And so the, the 28-14, this was a must win for Utah, as we mentioned last week, and they did get the win. Yeah, good on them. I really do kind of feel like, um, it, Utah is probably a better team than that, what they've showed us um, so far. I think they've just kind of struggled to get their mojo going, just get everything working at the same time. And uh, I feel like in, in this game, guess Los Angeles is they pulled away. I think they, you know, um, they've, they've found some, um, I'm not exactly sure how to say it. I just, I just think that they, they found a way to work all together and, um, you know, they, they put uh, a good deal of points on the board. I think that was really good. And, and the defense pulled through. I, it was a good team effort. So I, I, I think that can spring them going forward um, and to try and, uh, you know, solidify their uh, playoff spot for themselves. And Los Angeles got to be proud defensively. They played really good offensively. They killed themselves in certain instances, you know, uh, with interceptions and things like that. So uh, not a good showing on offense. They could, totally could improve on that. But at the same time, you know, uh, you know, they, they, they could have gotten a win here, but they didn't with all, some of the mistakes. Utah did play smart, like you said, with defense and offense and a good, good chemistry. Um, we know Atlanta was – for real two weeks ago, I'm assuming we know Atlanta is for real. So the big test will be the elite Spartans, but uh, they take down Mississippi 17 to six. Uh, Mississippi did play a decent game here. Offensively, they were way better. Unfortunately, uh, you know, offensively, the, the Atlanta Phoenix, just a, a better team offensively. Now they're starting to starting to groove themselves up to uh, off on the offense, not, not only on the defense. 
Yes, um, you know, 17 points, uh, pretty respectable, um, especially given that their their defense is is a lights out type of defense. Um, they, the only question we have now is is how does that their style of play, how does their approach stack up, you know, against uh, against Texas? So, you know, uh, the Atlanta is taking care of just about everybody else they face. So, you know, what's next on the horizon? You know, we're um, we're just looking now toward the playoffs. The Phoenix are, are going to face the Philadelphia Phantoms um, in a couple weeks, and, and that's the last game on their their schedule. So, uh, they're they're just getting you know set up for their attack run here in the playoffs. Mark, uh, if you're anything happening here, not to disrespect Philly, but if you're Atlanta, you better start scoping Landry and company, Bushman and company. <laughs> you guys start doing your homework now because more likely that will be the matchup you're going to have to face, and that will be the Spartans. So uh, you got like three weeks <laughs> to prepare yep. for the champs. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I agree. Just, yeah, you, you, you don't know? need to take your bye week preparing for Philadelphia. No. You, you know, no, you don't. You put your time in. Do a little bit of study on your future opponents. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's the. I mean, not to discredit Philly, but th- this is just. It's where you're at now. Um, uh, surprising, uh, Mark. Oregon uh, thirty burger on Seattle. That was pretty shocking, but uh, you know what? They own the we- they own the Northwest. That's all I have to say now. Yeah, they do. I they really they, and they really showed it in this game. You know, I was I was expecting um, Oregon to win in maybe a, a, a pretty close game, like the first one that they played uh, in the first week of the season. But, uh, yeah, Oregon really impressed. They racked up some points, 31 points. Uh, that's pretty impressive. And, you know, that's a good way to uh, pick up steam late in the season. So kudos to them. Shout out to the O'Connor uh, crowd out there, the O'Connor uh, ballers, man. They're, they're, making, they're making a big difference. Uh, so shout out to the O'Connor, uh, you know, players. Brittany and uh, Kylie they didn't, uh, made a big difference in this game as well, uh, taking down the Majestics. Um, if you're Kansas City, Mark, uh, I will tell you this. You've done well, but can you do better? Because that will be Texas. Can you match up against 3-1 and one is great, but can you take down the beast in Texas? That is your – you know, Lauren Crouch, I, I, I love you. That's one of our uh, no-joke football friends athletes and quarterback and Lauren that will be your big test can you stay focused can you make minimal mistakes and can you upset we want the upset I'm asking for a lot of course Mark but you know what I mean absolutely uh, you know I mean Kansas City is the only team in the league that um that faces Texas twice in the regular season I, I, I don't know if they asked for that I don't know if they lost a bet or like pulled the shortest straw or something <laughs> but you know what I, I mean if 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 you're gonna be the best you got to beat the best you might as well give yourself yeah. an extra chance right so oh yeah um, so that's their next game they handled the heat uh, very handily um, two two games in a row with the Houston heat. Um, improving uh, with each game. First game was uh, 32 to nothing. And um, then, as you said, you know, they put up 50 points this time around. So um, I, I feel like Kansas City has some momentum um, on their offense. 
and their defense, right? Their, their defense has uh, posted three shutouts in a row. So, uh, you know, that they may, you know, they may not seem as dominant as, you know, the Atlanta Phoenix is, um, but they, they definitely have some defense there. So, well, here we go. Now we, uh, they're going to face Texas again uh, in a couple of weeks for their last game of the season. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where they stack up compared to the very first game of the season where they lost 35 nothing. Yeah, and uh, the playoffs, uh, looking forward to see who they get up to, for that. Um, let's go into week seven. And before we get out of here, uh, Washington, I would say a must win against Florida. If you're Florida, this is you can boiler here against the prodigy. Um, yes, uh, yes, you can. They they are in a position to do that. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen, but you know, I, Washington is definitely hungry to 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 get in the playoffs. So I, I think they're going to be prepared and they're going to be ready uh, to come out and try and end this thing early. So that yeah, that's what I I'm that's what I'm looking for from Washington. I'm with you. I think this is the you can't sleep here. You gotta just get the win and, and secure yourself in the in the in the spot. Um if you're Philly, uh you can upset and really crush Mississippi's chances here. If you're Mississippi, this should not be a this should be a no brainer. It should be a win. Period. You should go in there and take care of business. Put yourself at two and two, and let the chips fall where they may. Right, and you know Mississippi doesn't have the luxury anymore to be looking into the future. They really just have to really focus on the competition that lies ahead of them. And in this case, it is uh, Philadelphia. So I, I think if they just you know maintain their focus, they're they're behind the eight ball now. They're one and three. Uh, their playoff chances are are slim, but you know. It, they don't want to lose it <laughs> any chance of, of uh, getting the playoffs by losing to Philadelphia. So um, just don't get preoccupied, you know, just focus on your competition. And I think uh, Mississippi will do all right. All right. Alabama, big test. You got to show us what you got. Texas pretty much in the playoffs already. This is kind of a two, uh, just a tune up for them to, for the playoffs. So Alabama's got to show up and really put in, put on a show here. Uh, defensively, first first and foremost. Offensively, you limit their mistakes. Going from there, uh, Mark Denver, Utah. Uh, we know we don't. We're not talking Denver a lot. They're four and zero, and this is a, a matchup, a rivalry matchup. Uh, if you're Utah, this is a statement game for you to take down an undefeated team and and make maybe make a statement that Denver is not as good as they're you know made out to be at this point. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that's um, the angle they're coming from, and you know they got a, a bad taste in their mouth from the first game of the season uh, where they got edged by Denver by a point. So um, you know this is also just a, a, a pure revenge game too. Like uh, they want to, they want to show that they're better than uh, Denver, and um, Utah's got some momentum behind them now. Um, I expect it to kind of be a different game than what um, what we saw uh, in the first week of the season. What the outcome is going to be, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, I I I think, you know, I I think Utah might be able to pull this out. 
Yeah, I, I'm hoping uh, that they're looking at that the same way you are, 7-6. to six. That was not a loss to be held in. And uh, Denver, I mean, they took care of business against Phoenix. That shouldn't be surprising anybody. They, they should have won against Phoenix. Uh, four games in the WNFC on Vire Sports. You get to watch it right there, Vire Sports app, uh, Vire Network. Um, so glued on to the interesting games, Mark. Uh, we're going to be a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of games to dive into in the WFA plus WNFC. Uh, WNFC here, Denver, Utah will certainly be the one I'll, I'll be watching closely. Um, the other one will be Mississippi faring against Philly, see if they can put, punch it in, and then Washington against Florida. So three key games there. Uh, two teams obviously playing for playoff positioning. Uh, Washington, of course. And then uh, Alabama even playing for playoff, playoff positions as well. And the Mississippi can't afford to lose another one. They cannot go one and four. Um, so we could get an upset maybe if Philadelphia steps up their game. But uh, interesting four games in the WNFC. Absolutely, absolutely. Another great weekend of football lies ahead. All right, uh, Mark, uh, Boston, uh, I think will be, uh, in terms of when I looked at the Masseys, Boston's top dog there, so everybody else is chasing them, and it's going to be interesting to see when we took a look, take a look at the Massey ratings next week in terms of the division tiers and who's up front and who's uh, especially in D three. So looking forward to chatting about that as well. So uh, anything else, Mark? Before we get out of here, appreciate you coming in. Uh, no, you know, just uh, just it's the most wonderful time of the year. As uh, most people say that around Christmas time, but I say that around this time of the year. Yeah, no, it's it's in, it's getting down to the wire, right? Two weeks left in every, and then we got playoffs coming, and this is going to be interesting as we head into the playoff mode. Um, guys, don't forget to go to the hub, get to look at everything international, Mexico, Canada, uh, uh, Sweden, Finland. We got Maple League starting as well. It's a lot of stuff in the Euro scene coming up here in the next couple of weeks, so keep tabs on it at the hub at facebook.com for Sasquatch Beauties and for uh, you know the. Sam Gordon for coming in here. Appreciate her coming in here and giving us the lowdown on X League, including uh, Rachel uh, Ortiz March and Tessa Ortiz March of the Tennessee uh, Tennessee Trojans of the WNFC 2023. So, Mark, uh, thanks again. Appreciate it for the absent Holly Custis, uh, the salty one Mackenzie Brooks, Nate Ward, and Terry Lister. We'll catch you here next week for episode 425 of the Gridiron Blitz. Have a great night, everybody. Is the fastest growing daily is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to fifty dollars.